0: Okay, Uh, I'm going to sit. Hello everybody, I'm Janet, compulsive overeater. Uh, Thank you for asking me to speak. I appreciate it, it's it's a true honor for me. Um, I'm gonna go back. When I was a kid, no matter what I was doing, I always had my eyes into the sweets especially, and food both, but sweets was a different story. To the point that I remember when I was probably five, when people would leave the room, I would sneak in and would go toward the chocolate and the sweets and would take very nice care of myself with whatever variety that I would see there. Uh, Fast forward with exercise, I was okay. I didn't need to lose that much. But as time went by, I was always wondering how come people are so powerful in what they want to do, meaning having a diet. And I'm the only one who cannot do that. And having three kids gradually added to my weight. But I had learned how to diet very nicely. Until... uh, Something happened in my life that was over my head and I could not take care of it. It was over my head with anxiety. I was not allowed to talk about it with anybody or seek outside help. So naturally, I dived into... I dived into the food... Uh, which was the familiar territory for me. And I would start my day with a proper breakfast because I knew how to diet. Five minutes later, the anxiety was so much that I couldn't handle myself. So I would dive into a cup of coffee with some cookies or some, something sweet. Oof, it was too sweet. So I would switch to something less sweet maybe the pistachio or vegetable, who knows. But anxiety was so much that I needed something constantly under my teeth to calm me down and maybe even for a split second to numb my brain from the problem that I had in hand. So even when I was picking up my kids from school, I still had something which would take maybe 15, 20 minutes. I had something on the other seat, to munch on. It could be carrot, but I had to munch into something. Uh, Long story short, my days had become one complete meal, starting with breakfast, going all the way to 11 o'clock at night, eating under tears because I really truly didn't know what else to do. I had, I had no solution and I was clueless until a dear friend of mine stopped me on the street and asked me what was happening. She could guess because I had gained 10 pounds in one month. So she was the one who brought me first to CEA. And pushing me, although I had no idea what it was, I said, all right, I'll do it with you. I followed that plan for one month I lost 11 pounds, but boy, was I angry and upset Mm -hmm. because I only had picked up what I was supposed to do, giving the God portion out. That was too much for me, so forget that part. I was just following the uh, diet plan. And after a month, I was fighting with her over the phone, yet apologizing because I told her, I said, you know me, this is not me, it's this damn program that I'm doing. So at her suggestion, she said, why don't you switch to OA? It's a softer one, and you will be able to do that. Well, it made sense what she said, and I'm a logical person. So I had picked a phone number. I was doing a 30-30, which was 30 meetings in 30 days. And I was going to OA meetings sometimes, that CEA uh, meetings would not work time-wise. I had picked up the phone number of a lady, So, I called her, and I left three messages in one day, but uh, until later in the day that she returned my phone call, and she said, I'm sorry, I cannot accept you, I have a little baby, and I am full with sponsors. I begged her, and I said, I know myself. If I stay one day without the sponsor, I know I'll let go completely, so... She accepted me on trial basis for one month, and God bless her, 17 and a half years later, she still has not dropped me, and I'm very thankful to her. Uh, When I came to this program, I was a very proud person, thinking that I know better than all of you stupid, ugly, fat strangers. I don't even understand what you're talking about. Uh, honestly, it was, it was like gibberish to me. For six, seven months prior, I had come to the meetings, just sitting and listening, uh, coming to the kitchen sink, actually. At 9, 10, right when the speaker would start speaking, and leaving at 9.50 sharp when the speaker was done because the rest, I didn't even understand and I had no interest. Uh, Going home having, again, a mug of coffee with half of the cake left over from last night. And I reached to the point that I really could not carry my body and my mind anymore. I felt like my grandmother. I felt like a ton of weight with a head like 400 pounds. I couldn't carry my head anymore. I was sitting and standing up like my grandmother. I felt so old and out of, out of place. So when I started with my sponsor, I said, all right, I'll try. Thinking that I'm coming to learn this diet plan and getting out of that door faster than everybody else because my time was valuable. I was not going to waste it here. You two could do whatever you wanted, but I wasn't going to. I just needed to learn this trick. No idea. And they were talking about the serenity prayer and abstinence and letting go. These were very unusual concepts to me. I entered these doors at age 45, yet I had not heard about 12-step program. I could say probably that I don't have nobody in, in, I didn't have anybody in my family with addiction, so it wasn't familiar to me. So it was a completely new concept. So I started following what my sponsor asked me to do, A to Z. Kicking with my feet, yet trying to hold on with my hands. Especially the concept of God was way over my head. I could not carry that. So, I continued. What could I do? I was trying to learn something new here. So, I was outreaching three people every day. And... Yet I would do the sneakiest way that I could do. I purposely would call people that I knew were not available to answer my phone calls. So I would call and say, hi, this is Janet Compulsive Overeater. uh, Just outreaching you, wishing you a wonderful and abstinent day. Bye. (laughs) Ten, Ten seconds, one phone call was done. In less than one minute, I was done with three phone calls but that brought me to the habit of calling people. So now when I call people, I don't want to get rid of the phone calls. I really want to talk to the people. So I might leave the same message again, but I'm blessed that I get the phone calls back here and there, right when my mind is not where it needs to be. So, That was the phone calls and it still is continuing today. Uh, I had to call my sponsor every day. I still do, even though I have been overseas, doesn't matter, I still call her. I still, even though it might be a short message, I still say how I am. And now she does not answer every day, but I know if it's emergency, if I need her help, She'll call me probably in five minutes, which is a blessing. So I started doing the steps, and I could not understand what it really meant. Letting go of my power? Come on, I'm the most controlling person on the face of Earth that you have ever seen or known. I would tell everybody what to do. I would tell you how to raise your child, how to take care of your household, how to run a party, how to do this, how to do that, how to run a business from A to Z, to the point that on the street, I would tell strangers what to do with their kids. (laughs) So that's what I was. And thinking that I let go? No way. I can't. So that was a huge difficult part. Third step was really difficult for me going back and forth, back and forth, spending so much time on that. So at last, with the suggestion of my sponsor, I accepted that what if I act as if? I said, okay, I'm willing to try. So I continued with that belief that as if there is a higher power that is kind to me. Remember, this is the higher power that took my mother at age 56, which was one of the traumas in my life. So, this is the same God you're talking about? Come on. God has got nothing to do but being concerned about what I put in my mouth? No way. But I was willing to try as if. And I continued, came to the fourth step. Oh boy. That was the disaster. Every time that I would put paper and pencil in front of me, just thinking about it, tears would run down my face. And I would put it aside and I could not write anything. So after about eight months, my sponsor said, all right, if you do not give me your fourth step by this date, I won't sponsor you anymore. anymore." And the fear of losing her caused me to sit and, in tears, write my fourth step. It was about maybe eight to 10 pages, not that long. But when I read it to her, I felt a truck had passed me. I really was drained. But afterward, I felt so good. I felt lighter. I felt that as if a heavy weight has been lifted from my shoulder. And I was willing to continue. Came to the eighth step, oh boy, another, another huge stone on my path. Boy, had that done damage. The first one was me in the list. And the hardest maybe, because if I would have done what I have done to myself, to others, there was a lot of punishment for it maybe. So. Letting go and forgiving myself was a very, very, very huge step for me. Because I am a perfectionist to the dot. Nothing small skips my eyes or my mind. And I had to forgive myself for whatever that had that happened. That was, that was a huge deal. But I started forgiving myself. And I continued. And even today, I still try to be the first one on my own list of forgiveness. I have to forgive myself in order to become capable of forgiving others of not being perfect. It was quite a job. Practice not to be perfect. And it is still a difficult job for me but with practice i do it every day so fast forward i don't even know how much time i have got you have 6 minutes or no 9 minutes thank you, you thank you so fast forward it took me over 2 years to finish one set of the 12 step program and i was wondering what is that old timers have got that I don't have? I knew they had something. They had a special calmness in their behavior, in their words, in their uh, in their view toward the world, and they had a special sparkle in their eyes. I didn't have it. And I wanted it. And I had promised myself, I'm not going to leave here until I get it. So it took me a long time. And my sponsor had asked me to share in every meeting that I attend. Well, those days, it was all face to face. Mm -hmm. So every time I would raise my hand and say, hi, I'm Janet Compulsive Overeater. My sponsor has asked me to share. I've got nothing to say, so that's it, thank you. (laughs) But that again brought me to the habit of getting used to speaking up for a good maybe two, two and a half years, maybe three years. My head was down like this when I was sharing. I even wouldn't dare. I was so ashamed of myself that I could not look eye to eye to other people in the meeting and share what was going on. And honestly, at the, at the first months that I was attending the meeting, it was shocking to me. People would speak about their most secretive thoughts or feelings or what they were ashamed of or what they had done in front of a group of people. How on earth could they do that? I never would dare to do that. But by saying that little short share, I slowly, slowly dare to open my mouth and start talking about myself and start talking about my downfalls, what I have done. This is one of the things that I said in one of the meetings that was in eight step. I walk always. That's one of my exercises. So one day I was passing a house that they were reveling the house. They were tearing it down. And I knew that they had rose bushes in front. And I looked and I saw some of them under the dirt. So I went and I asked the guy, I said, by any chance, can I get the roses if it's possible? So he gave me three bushes of roses. And feeling so wonderful, I brought them home, and I put them in my yard. And uh, I was glad that I had rescued three rose bushes. Well, as time passed, my eyes went more toward the roses. And, you know, people were not taking care of their roses. So I became responsible to take care of their roses. And it reached to the point that I would go for a walk at night with a basket and a pair of scissors in my hand. (laughs) Believe it or not, I would walk and I would cut other people's roses and I would put them in my waist, very beautiful, thinking, I'm taking care of those roses, they don't. So when it came to the eighth step, my sponsor asked me to take some roses to one of these old age houses. I took the liberty and I got orchid plants because it was uh, less taken care of and it was easier. So I walked in with a huge box like this, full of orchid plants. I don't know, 10, 12 maybe. And I put it on the uh, counter and they look at it and say, wow, who's this for? And I said, this is for all of you ladies and gentlemen who take care of these people. Have a beautiful day. And I walk out. And I'm sure they thought, she's cuckoo. (laughs) But you know what? When I walked out, I felt light. Because I knew I stopped the damage that I had done. Now I still walk the same paths and I still look at the same roses, but they are not mine anymore. Mm -hmm. I smell them and I enjoy looking at them, but they are not mine anymore. Last week, I went to the supermarket. I finished my shopping. Came As I'm putting the stuff in my car, I realized that I had not paid for four mangoes. Four dollars. If it was in the past, wow, good for me. I didn't pay for $4. Yay, hallelujah. I walked back into the store with the mangoes in my hand and my receipt. And I went to the same cashier and I said, I shopped right now. I forgot to pay for these four mangoes. Can I please pay? He was happy to receive the money. I walked out with a light heart feeling that I did my part right. These little things even keeps me a lot happier and calmer. So, 17 and a half years forward, I still sometimes struggle with the God concept. Sometimes I still have to go back to be living as if but most of the time God is the light in my path is the warm good feeling that I get when I do not repeat the same mistakes that I used to when I help someone else doesn't matter who that person is but it brings me the calmness And that's what I'm looking for. Today, I respect myself as a human being. I try to be kind to myself. Kindness is not having the chocolate. Because I know if I start that, boy, am I gone. Forget it. I always joke with my sponsor. Every time I take flowers to her, she looks at it. And I said, next time, I'm going to bring you a box of chocolate. And she dies. And she laughs at me. So today, I try to be called not only to myself, to the others as well. Same crazy thoughts come to my mind. I say to myself, and then I say, all right, how am I supposed to tell this to this person? Then the second conversation comes out in the right mind with the right words, with no damage, hopefully. I'm not perfect. I still make damage here and there, but I do ask for apology either right away or mostly that day. I don't like to sleep on what's heavy on my shoulder. It becomes heavy on my shoulder. I don't need to. And with the help of this program, I did dare to go back at the age 50. I'm 63 now, 13 years ago. I went back to school, I got a degree, and I started helping people. And it is so fulfilling for me, I cannot even tell you. I feel good. And I believe that my program has given me pause. When I think, when I start thinking, the first thing comes to my mind, thank you, is pause. So I pause, that gives me a second chance to think twice. And the only thing that I can tell you I have done right in this program is I have kept coming back no matter what, no matter how I have felt, no matter where my mind has been, I have come back. So this is the only suggestion that I have for everybody. Just keep coming back no matter what. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at the meeting. If you need to share, please do uh, so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leaders are uh, are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Any questions? Yes. Thank you so much for your share. Um, As you've gone through program, can you tell me a little bit about your physical recovery as it parallels to your spiritual recovery? Okay. Physical recovery uh, has been up and down. Uh, I have lost and I have gained. Um, With happy occasions that I had coming up, I had lost more. And at the beginning, my sponsor had a hard time to switch my mind from CEA to OA. That it doesn't need to be exactly like this. perfect. But... um, I, with time, I gained, and I had some problem in my body. So uh, January of last year, and I have had outside help with my, uh, with nutritionist. but last January, the numbers were very high. I had gained weight in recovery. Uh, my cholesterol was 259. My weight was over 180, was not coming down, although I was watching what I was eating. Uh, And I was abstinent. Um, I was pre-diabetic. I was hypoglycemic. So I had no choice but letting go, second step, and letting someone else to make the decision for me. So I went to a nutritionist and with a different food plan. Uh, I lost 43 pounds, sorry, 41 pounds, and I'm okay with it. It's not just about the number. I feel healthier now, I am not in the red zone anymore, so that's very thankful. Spiritual, I have gone up and down. As time goes by, again, believing in God, not believing in God. Sometimes I have believed, yes, there is a higher power, sometimes i have said no way if there was a higher power this or that would not happen Mm -hmm. so sometimes it becomes looser but i go back to the basic again Mm -hmm. and this is how my sponsor asked me i go through the steps one to twelve but sometimes let's say hypothetically i'm on step nine and she says all right back to step three or okay back to step two or okay Time to write the fourth step again. So I go back and forth. Yet I have finished again my 12th step, waiting for my sponsor to hear it. So it's up and down. But the concept has changed, as I have changed naturally. Mm. I believe that there is a higher power who would like me as a human being to have a normal healthy and happy life. As a result, I can be acting the same to the others. Thank you. you. Yes. So what is this higher part that you sometimes believe in and that you then don't believe in? What is that I believe and what is that I don't believe? When you have a higher part that you believe in, then you go like, well then I don't believe So there's got to be something that you go like, okay, this is what it is. No, it's not that. This is what it is. No, it's not that. Uh, You want an example or, I'm sorry. What is your higher power? What is my higher power? My higher power is a warm feeling that overcomes me when I know I have done the right way. It's a satisfaction. And it's a belief that there is a higher power out there who's protecting me. Because I, as a human being, do need to rely on a power greater than myself. Because being just in charge becomes really difficult sometimes for me. So I'd rather give it to another power. And thinking... Because, you know, I had a very hard time at the beginning to accept a power greater than me. So the easiest example is the ocean. I cannot stop even one wave. So something is happening that's not me. And I cannot change it. So I believe in that something. So then why don't you believe it? You say you don't believe it. Because sometimes I see so much unfairness in life that breaks my heart, and it, it makes it kind of a little bit difficult to believe at times. But yet, I go back to my program. And with practice, I remember that there is a kind power out there that wants my best, hopefully. Thank you. Yes? Thanks, how did you come to the humility that's needed for, to work step seven? How did I come to the humility of step seven? Well, I had reached the point that I could see that I had done a lot of damage. And I could see the result of my damage on the others forget me but others I could see it was it was visible to me so I'm a logical person and I realized that by apologizing or talking to that person or whatever that was needed to be done I could bring a change so and I realized you know I'm, I'm one out, I'm one like the others I'm one out of seven and some billion people on the face of earth. I'm not better than others. I'm the same. Each of us have got some good qualities and some bad qualities. Each of us have got a chip on our shoulder. My chip on the shoulder is different than yours or yours. But we are all human beings with our defaults. That's what brought me to the acceptance. Thank you. Yes? Daily practice, I have a nice long list of books to read, which I do bits and pieces. Sometimes in a nice organized way every day, sometimes I run out of time badly because thank God my job has caught up with COVID and it's pretty busy and I run out of time. So I say the prayers. At the beginning, when I started, I was not even willing to say the serenity prayer. I grumbled at my sponsor. What is this? I don't understand the words. English is my second language. So she said, all right, write your version, whatever you would like to be. And I said, okay. So I wrote serenity prayer with simple words. And then she said, all right, memorize this. Say this every day. So for a while, I was saying that. And after some months, I became willing, the repetition and the repetition of the same repetition every day, I became willing to memorize serenity prayer. About six, seven years ago, I became willing to memorize all of it. You know, it's longer than just what we say regularly in our meetings. I memorized third step, seventh step. 11th step, I'm still working on it. I don't have it by heart yet. I have read how it works in so many times in kitchen sink in other meetings that I said, all right, I can memorize. Oh, first I started with 12th step. And then I said, I can can memorize even how it works. So I try to say it. And what I do is I try to, when I'm switching from one task to the other, when I'm getting out of a car, going somewhere, I try to say the Serenity Prayer. If it's longer, I will try to say the 12th step. But I have a bunch of books from OA, uh, Al-Anon, AA, that, and some uh, meditation books that uh, my sponsor gave me that I read in the morning supposedly in the morning, not always happening in the morning, sometimes middle of the day, sometimes later, who knows when, but I try. Thank you. Yes? From Zoom, someone wants to know, how did you work step eight and step nine? For the more difficult amends, what did you do? Okay. Um, One of the hard amends for me to give was to myself, to accept that I have done the damage to myself. That was really hard. And I had to constantly work on it. And it's a constant work. Other hard ones was one of them was my mother who has passed away 36 years ago. Uh, I wrote it. I went to her grave and I read it in tears, not knowing that how hard it would be for me. The flowers giving was another one. Um, Giving amends to my husband and my kids as well. I have given amends to them plenty of times. And I keep telling them, hey, guys, I have done damage. I'm sorry. I didn't know better. I hope that as a mother, you will do a better job with your future kids. I pray for that. And they accept. So that's what I've done. It has taken... Thank you. It has taken time sometimes to do it, but I had no choice. I had to finish that step and go to the next one. I didn't want my sponsor to drop me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Janet, for your wonderful share. You, uh, you spoke very honestly about struggling with uh, perfectionism and the desire to... Tell everybody how they should live their lives. Uh, The question is, do you sponsor? And if so, do you struggle with that with sponsors? Yes. Thank you for the question. (laughs) I am such a perfectionist that nobody, I was so hard that nobody lasted for three years. (laughs) Three years. Nobody stayed with me. Okay? So I kept asking my sponsor, why nobody stays with me? And she patiently would say, it's okay, just raise your hand and say you're ready to sponsor. So I realized it's my harshness. I am so perfectionist and I want so perfect of my sponsor as well that the person does not last. So fast forward, I try not to be perfect in that as well, I try to let go just like my sponsor does. I try to let go of whatever my sponsor is not doing perfectly. And now sometimes people stay with me. <laughs> Thank you. Any other question? Yes. Thank you for your share. Um, looking back at your entire time and over years anonymous, what is the biggest kind of joy that you've gotten from the program? And then what, is, what, what more thing do you want to still accomplish? Good question. Thank you. Um, I have attended these meetings over 18 years. So that counts to thousands of meetings. Truly when I came, I thought I was learning this diet and getting out fast. I had no idea what I was going to gain here. But fast forward, I'm so happy that I have kept coming back and I have lasted here. I'm planning to stay. It's one day at a time, one hour at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time when it becomes difficult. But what I have gained I could say it's the calmness. I think my program has become these reading glasses to me. Yes, I can see without it and I can read without it. But with this, boy, do I see more clear. Mm-hmm. So, and it has given me a bigger picture of my life. And not only my life, other people's life. Who am I and what am I here? not just in, the, in, this, in this meeting today, but in general. Why am I here as a human being? What, what do I want to gain? What do I want to give to the others? And I have learned to give and not expect anything from others. That's what I've gained here also. I have gained wonderful friends here. And the way that I can talk to each of you even, even the strange ones that's the first time who's outreaching me, or I'm outreaching that person on the phone. I can talk in a way that I never can talk to the closest people in my life. Because you guys understand the merry-go-round in my head. Mm-hmm. You can understand how I view the world and what comes to me. Why do I pick the food? You know, in the profession that I'm doing now, is related as well to addiction. And when I talk to my clients, when I tell them they jaw drop as if I'm sitting in their brain, I say, I've got the same merry-go-round going here. So I understand you. This is what I got here. I can look at bigger picture and I'm very thankful for who and what I am now. I have got, like everybody else, again, chip on my shoulder, but you know what? I'm thankful for what I am. So that's what I've got here. Thank you. Yes. No. Sorry. <laughs> After the meeting. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Now it's time for the secretary's So Okay. So um, uh, he made his recommendation suggestions. All in favor. Anyone opposed? are for Okay, All right. So, let's uh, let me do the finishing shenanigans and uh